We are going to dive right into the podcast of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything with a story that got a lot of response when I posted on Facebook uh, the other day. So first of all, thanks for listening to the podcast. I just got back from a trip to Mexico on spring break. We got back on Thursday and we're flying back and we're coming back from Newark. And, uh, you know, the flight's fine. Everything's good. And then at the end of the flight, there's a kid in front of me and he's middle school and he is watching a movie on his computer. He's sitting next to his buddy and then there's somebody next to him on the aisle and then his mom and dad or parents or whoever are across the aisle. So they weren't all alone. And uh, so the flight attendant comes by and says, hey, we're about to land. Turn off your computer. You know, they make the announcement and the kid didn't turn it off. So then the flight attendant comes by and she says, hey, can you turn your computer off? We're about to land. And he waits until the flight attendant goes by, flips off the flight attendant and continues to watch his movie on his computer all the way to the gate because apparently the rules don't apply to this kid. And I just read so much into that. And you can too. I mean, everything from what a little shit this kid was to what kind of parents taught him that that's okay. Because let me tell you, your kid and my kid are not perfect, but I'm going to guess that your kid and my kid would not do something like that. Even if you and I weren't around to watch them, they would know. We've taught them better than to be so disrespectful and self-centered. And I actually posted on Facebook, and there was one guy who said something like, hey, you know what? It's no big deal. It doesn't interfere with the navigation and blah, 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 which is true because I'm a pilot, and I know that it doesn't really interfere with the navigation. I mean, it theoretically could, but it's more like, hey, that's the rule. Turn it off. So then we started talking about, would you say something to the kid? I did not say anything to him because you know what? It just wouldn't, it wouldn't have done any good. It would have gotten ugly. It would have made me feel stupid. Um, the parents would have got annoyed. The kid wouldn't have learned anything. Although I have told a lot of kids that cut in line at ski areas, hey, 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 get to the back of the line and they don't like it. And then Carson gets embarrassed, but it's like, okay, well, now you are affecting other people. So get to the back of the line. But what would you have done? Would you have said anything? Is it okay to scold or correct, might be another word, somebody else's kid? And especially is it if their parents are right there? What do you think? I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. I got a lot of comments on that on Facebook. And what does that say? I mean, just like that parents teach their kids to be, you know, do whatever you want. You know, it's a, it, you do whatever you want to do. Hey, here's something else I want to talk about. Um, uh, There is a podcast that Stephen Fallon told me about called S-Town. Well, that's the polite name for it. They call it Shit Town. And it's really fascinating. And it's so funny because Allison and I, my daughter, went to the Science Museum today, just this morning, to go see um, uh, the Everest movie. And we're standing in line at the cafeteria to get a little cup of coffee before the show. And I said, so Allison, I'm listening to this podcast called Shit Town. And she's like, so am I. And the woman in front of us turns around. She's like, I am too. And so we talked about a little bit. I said, don't don't say too much because I don't want to know anything. Don't, I don't want any spoilers. And, and it really is interesting. And the reason I bring it up is not to plug it, but because of something that I hear in the podcast, there's no spoiler here, no spoiler at all, but it's kind of a, a mentality, a philosophy of people that have kind of shitty lives. And that is a philosophy of, what the fuck? And think about it. The, the It's kind of an attitude of, you know what? I'm drunk, but I got to get home. I shouldn't drive, but what the fuck? 
and then they kill somebody or hurt themselves or get thrown in jail. Or it's something like, you know what? There's $20 in grandma's purse. I need $20. I'm going to take it. She's going to get mad, but what the fuck? And what does that do? It leads to you to get a reputation as a thief and grandma doesn't like you or doesn't trust you. Um, another one. You know what? I know I got a job. I know I'm supposed to do my job. I know I'm supposed to show up at eight o'clock in the morning, but what the fuck? I'm drunk. I'm hungover. What the fuck? So I thought it was really interesting. I never thought about that before because don't we all know somebody who has a little bit of that what the fuck attitude and they have kind of a shitty life and kind of a miserable life and the world is against them. I've got several people in my family who are that way and they will drink and drive. They will have unprotected sex. They will, you know, whatever stupid thing it is, the mouth off at a cop, whatever, because they got that what the fuck attitude. Hey, you know what? We all need a little bit of that once in a while, but you and I, I'm going to guess we know when not to have the what the fuck attitude. I don't know. Just isn't that fascinating? Because if they didn't have that attitude, it wouldn't give them the miserable life that they have. And then they wouldn't have the what the fuck attitude. It's kind of like a vicious circle. Do you agree? Or am I making no sense here whatsoever? Okay, moving on to the next thing. Uh, right now it's Sunday afternoon. Uh, Carson is downstairs working on his Eagle project. Uh, he just got back from Boy Scout camp. He was there Friday through last night. And they let him come home early because it was his birthday. And he's also got to do a training hike for Philmont next Saturday, which he had to find a route for. And he's got homework to do, and he's got band and drums to practice. And here's the interesting thing that I've just noticed about Carson. He never complains. He isn't always happy about it, but he never complains. He just doesn't complain. And I thought, isn't that interesting how some people, they're just not complainers, and some people are. Hey, listen, I'm more of a complainer than he is, and I'm his dad. He just doesn't really have it in him to complain. I don't know. I just thought there's no lesson there. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Okay, a couple of other quick things. Um, here's an observation. Uh, I was watching, There was I was on Care 11 Saturday yesterday, and there's a new restaurant, and I forget where it is. It might be where the, where the old Blue Point was in YZ or somewhere. It doesn't matter. And they cleared out this old restaurant, they gutted it, and they built a new restaurant, and they started from scratch, and, and it worked out. And the guy that was being interviewed said, you know, it's a really humbling experience to see so many people coming to my restaurant. I have a question for you. I've always thought that's wrong, the whole, it's very humbling, because it's not humbling. It's actually the opposite of humbling. Why do people say that? When people win an Academy Award, they might say something like, this is a very humbling experience. No, it's not. Losing is a very humbling experience. Or opening a restaurant that nobody comes to, that's a very humbling experience. So how in the world does this get started? I have a question. How did it get started to say, that's a humbling experience? When it's not, it's not at all. Like, hey, we just won the Super Bowl, and what a humbling experience that is. No, it's not. It's the opposite. So, okay, couple of shout outs because um, we asked for shout out. We asked for people to email. If you listen to the podcast, uh, I said last week, let me know that you're listening to the podcast. I'll give you a shout out. So, I got a couple of shout outs here. Uh, first of all, from, let me find it. It is from Matt. And Matt says, 
Uh, thanks for the new episodes of your podcast. I've been listening to your morning show since I was in sixth grade when my bus driver would play it. On the way to school, I'm now 24 years old. I read your book a couple of months ago and now look forward to your suggestions in the podcast. Oh, well, that's what I got coming up next in just a minute here in the uh, in the podcast. Reading your segment about how the like button ruined the internet, I disagree because last week we talked about how the like button ruined the internet. It's an interesting podcast. You should go check it out. Uh, websites and news places already know how many page views articles get, so they already know which articles are the most popular online. The like button just gives them another engagement metric that they can measure. Uh, and also he says, I definitely liked the segment on what not to splurge on. Thanks for the great morning, morning show and podcast. That's from Matt. Thank you, Matt. Uh, next one is from my buddy, Nathan. Nathan Larson works at, uh, Apple and he is my Apple go-to guy. And we were talking about how there's not really much need for, um, uh, malware, um, like antivirus and anti-spyware and things like that. And he knows about that. He says, um, it's still prevalent, but like, prevalent, but like you said, our browsers are smarter about it. And we also consume more content through our apps and our devices, phones or tablets. And um, he says at the Genius Bar at Apple, there's still problems. People will click on something they shouldn't or open a message they shouldn't, that type of thing. So thank you, Nathan, for listening. Uh, who else? This is from, uh, I hope I say your name right, Parish. Um, and Parish has loved the podcast. I love discussing manners, thank you notes, and what to splurge on for a wedding. Parish listens in South Florida, and I hope I said her name right. Beth says, I listen to your podcast. I love the candor. Please keep them coming. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate that. And another one, Haley and Mary says, totally agree. We should write more thank you notes, especially handwritten. I actually did a blog about thank you notes on DaveRyanShow.com just last night. Go check that out. There is something really special about receiving handwritten letters today. Thanks for brightening up our days, Haley and Mary. Thank you guys for listening. And that is uh, email. If you have uh, anything you want to say, you listen to the show or the podcast or any comments or something you want to bring up, then uh, send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to reach behind me and pick up uh, a book called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Uh, and we're going to read um, chapter number 67. It is called Go Right Ahead and Be Judgmental. Wait, what? Okay, here we go. The new mantra of our society is, is these three simple words. Don't judge me. Or its close relative, who are you to judge me? Well, you're right. You're unemployed, pregnant with your seventh baby, and spending your assistance money on wine. Nope, nothing I should find wrong there. The worst part is that people think they're all be being all biblical when they tell you not to judge. After all, didn't Jesus say, judge not, lest ye be judged? Well, here's my interpretation. This is what Jesus really meant, I think. Hey, you idiots, you can't be disgusted with the prostitute because you're a bunch of losers too. Jesus wasn't saying prostitution was okay. He was saying the drunken wife beater in the crowd had no room to talk. So I don't think Jesus said, don't judge. Jesus says, hey, before you judge, take a look at yourself. But then again, the Bible's open to all kinds of interpretation. Am I right? Uh, goes on to say, none of us is perfect, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be judgmental. In fact, this might shock you, but being judgmental is our responsibility. If we didn't look down on tax cheats, animal abusers, adulterers, and meth heads, 
we would be saying their behavior is just fine. Why shouldn't everybody be doing it? If your daughter was dating a guy who had just held up the local hardware store, I doubt the words, who am I to judge, would escape your mouth. Judging has a purpose, so judge away. And I think it's safe to say that the people complaining loudest are the ones with the most to be ashamed of. So, when people say don't judge or who are you to judge, our society is built on judging. There has to be judgment or it would be crazy. This is why we judge people who don't do any work. We just sit there and say, well, you know what? Jill didn't do anything today, but who am I to judge? But there are people who will actually say that. There are people who, when Michael Vick drowned dogs, there were people who said, who am I to judge? Oh, a better example. When Chris Brown beat up, beat up Rihanna, there were some radio stations that were like, you know what? It was bad what he did, but you know, we're going to keep playing his music because who am I to judge? Who are you to judge? You are very important. You are a very important judge, as are you. So, And it's important to teach your kids to be judgmental, too, so your kids won't hang out with idiots. That is the podcast for this week. That's like three weeks in a row we've done it consistently. Thank you for listening, whether you've listened once or a million times. Hey, the book is now available for download on Kindle and other services, too. You can check it out on Amazon. You can download it, boom, right to your phone uh, or your Kindle or your laptop, or your iPad, whatever you want to do. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Have a good week. Mm